everyone welcome back to the fearless as fuck podcast i have my good friend ali harding back on the podcast today welcome back if we are back if you guys have not um seen or met ali before she is known for motivational content on tiktok for the majority of her social media presence posts amazing motivational content i actually found Allie when I was going through a hard time of my own and I kept saving her videos to re-listen to because they were really helpful and lo and behold she wound up in Vegas and I had to have her on the podcast so welcome back really excited to see you Hello, I live here now you live here now how have you how are you adjusting to Vegas I love it I did not expect to love it as much as I do and then I like literally moved here the weekend after we did the first podcast and I just like oh that's home. right I just went home and I was like I like it there so I just packed all my stuff in a day and I was like I'll figure it out and I just moved here so that's awesome how, yeah. so how long was that how long ago was that I moved here end of March so like six months almost, oh, oh my god time freaking flies yeah that's awesome and you know what that's how I actually felt when I moved to Vegas too I moved here and I was like mm, I don't know I don't know how I'm gonna like it and it just kind of grew on me yeah I only planned on staying here for like two months and then I was like I'll go back and then I'm gonna move to Dallas and then I was like I can't leave this place like I just love it too much so that's awesome well we're glad to have you here I know I recently uh, was going back through a lot of your videos I frequent them often because they're mm -hmm. so motivational and they I feel like what's so cool about your content is you help so many different people from so many different demographics and walks of life. Mm -hmm. It's not just women. It's not just men. It's not just um, people your age. It affects a lot of people. And you never know what kind of impact you can have on somebody yeah. from TikTok. Just mm -hmm. from simple TikTok videos. And I know you've shared a lot about that on yeah. your TikTok by itself that you just started posting videos to help yourself and help others. And it just kind of yeah. went viral because honestly life is just life and everyone is living one so it's like you might as well figure out how to navigate it and in the best way possible and I was one of those people that didn't know how to do it for a long time and then I mastered how it worked for me and how I could make myself happy and I was like there has to be other people out there that live this way too and they don't know how to navigate life and therapy doesn't work and medication doesn't work and they've tried everything and it's just not working and I've had so many people be like I have gone to therapy for 10 years and one of your videos did more than I've ever gotten in therapy so it's like it's really rewarding and I love everything that I do it does get hard sometimes especially recently I'm like but that's where it comes in that I have to take breaks from what I do because it's really stressful to be there for two million people on the internet and then it's like I have a whole group of friends from like here and Utah and then it's like finding the time to be there for myself and figure out like all the shit that I need to do too it's like it just gets hard sometimes but overall I love what I do so yeah and I saw that you had posted that the other day and I mm -hmm. I related that to that too so hard and not just because I do something similar to what you do mm -hmm. on a way smaller scale, but there's been times where I've had to pull back just from my coaching clients because I'm so burnt out and I burnt the candle at both ends. I'm helping, helping, helping and giving so much. And then you realize that you've stopped giving to yourself mm -hmm. and you haven't taken the time to look inward and figure out what you need to do for you. Yeah. And you stop and you're like, wait, who's going to help me now? Yeah. Like I've 
ex I've exerted all of this energy and I've poured into so many people, which is so incredible. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want to be doing. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, I, my tank's empty. Yeah. And you never have. And then it's like, it's almost the other day. It was more like, cause I posted this whole like rant thing on my story. If like people didn't see it, I kind of went a little manic and crazy. And I was just like, I'm tired. And like, I think that's why people relate to me so much is because I show that side too. And a lot of people wouldn't like mm -hmm. I show the things that most people are afraid to show or embarrassed to show. And it's, it's just part of the openness of me that I love being that person. That's like, listen, I've had a bad day. I've had a bad week. And like, this is all the shit that's happening. And like, even the person that is the motivational speaker and like has their fucking life together still has hard days and still feels like this and still has days where I don't want to get out of bed and I just want to sit in a dark room and cry. And so that was like one of those days where I was just like, life is happening right now and I don't feel like being motivational. I feel like yelling at people on the internet and being like, life sucks <laughs> sometimes because people can relate to that and people know that it it happens to everybody. It's like even the people who you think have their life together the most, all the Instagram models that are going to Bali every weekend and on yachts and doing all this stuff, their life is not perfect and they have hard days too. And some days are harder than others and that's fine, but it's just about how you're wanting to get through it. So. Yeah, and I think that's also what's really admirable about somebody who takes the time to show that side because I personally feel like there's been a big shift in that on social media because you went from all of this perfectly curated content for so long, like the mm -hmm. perfect videos, the perfect photos, like nothing can seem out of place. Everything's just, life is perfect for everybody. And that mm -hmm. became frustrating, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. And the people who were starting to show their real rawness were looked at as like, that's weird. Like, why would you ever put that on the yeah. internet for somebody to see you like that? Mm -hmm. you, you shouldn't do that. But, but it's human. It's human. And I also think it's shifting because people want to see more of that now because mm -hmm. it's like you said, it's relatable. Yeah. It's human. It's what people go through. And you might get pushback from that. You might get, you know, the trolls on the internet. But at the same time, you're getting those same people talking shit if you're posting perfect content too. So why not be relatable and share your actual journey of what you're going through, what you're experiencing. So the people out there who are scared to share what they're going through or who are scared to ask for help or are lonely because they feel like they're by themselves and what they're going through can actually see that, oh my gosh, this beautiful girl on the internet who yeah. actually has a platform experiences the same things I experience. Yeah, and I'm so fine with people talking shit like if I'm crying on the internet or I'm like feeling a certain type of way and people want to talk shit about it at least talk shit about something that's real like at yeah. least you're talking shit about something that's real and that's the thing is like there's no person ever because I'm like I'm the same person if you meet me in person than I am on the internet so it's like if I'm having a bad day that day people will know and I've already talked about the fact that like I was a shitty teenager and like I've done things that I regret and I I'm human. I'm a human being and you can't expect perfection from me. And so no one expects that. And so it's really hard to talk shit on someone that is so real and vulnerable. And I think that's why I, I don't tend to get a ton of hate on mm. social media, but it's just because it's like, and even the people that do, I'm like, okay, well, at least you're talking shit on something that's real. It's not a facade that I've put up because there's no faking like, if I wanted to live a perfect life on social media, I could, but I just choose not to. It's not real. That's a very hard thing to uphold, too, if you mm -hmm. create this idea of yourself on social media that you're trying to portray to the public, and that isn't really who you are, that isn't what you're experiencing. It's not even, like, 
who you want to be, what happens when you have to keep that up? Mm-hmm. That's so mentally draining and exhausting. And it's, it's, it's very sad that we feel like we have to live like that or a lot of people feel like they have to live like that. Yeah. So I encourage you, everyone listening, to show up as your real, raw, authentic self. And especially for those of you who are trying to build a social media presence or a platform or anything or even a coaching business or anything, show up as your real, authentic self because the people who you need to find, they will find you and those will be your people. Yeah. It's not going to be the fake following that they think you're someone you're not, or they like the, the fake person that you're pretending to be. They want to see what's inside. And then that's how you build something authentic. And I think that's why, no, I don't even think I know that's why Allie has built something so real and raw and why her support is the way it is because it's exactly who she is. So mm-hmm. I would love to see more of that on the internet. Yeah, I really, really would. And the things that you've been through that you share are not easy. Yeah, They're not easy things. And yeah. you continue to share those things. I even saw you had posted a story recently about one of your, or not one, but your most abusive relationship yeah. kind of coming back into your life. And the gaslighting was just, I'm so triggered by somebody who gets gaslit because I've experienced so much of that in my life that it just boils my fucking blood. Mm-hmm. And I know there are a lot of people who don't really understand what gaslighting is, or they think they have an idea of what it is, or they'll use that word very loosely. And that's mm-hmm. also not great. Yeah. So I'd love for you to kind of explain what gaslighting is and kind of give a little rundown on that. Yeah. So I feel like gaslighting is a term that people just use just because it was trendy for a while. It's the same as like, uh, what's the other word that people use all the time? Oh, narcissist. Yes. It's just overused. And now it kind of doesn't hold value anymore because it's such a big thing that now it's like, it's just so overused and everyone's ex is a narcissist. And why isn't your ex just shitty? Why isn't your and, ex just your ex? <laughs> or take responsibility and be like, hey, I stayed too long that I made this person a villain who isn't actually a bad person because I think that that's an aspect of relationships too is that you overstay your welcome in a relationship and you you stay too long and then you villainize someone who isn't really a bad person. They just weren't meant for you or you mm-hmm. outgrew them or they outgrew you and it just was time to split up a long time ago and you didn't listen and you you, you stayed too long. So you villainized someone that wasn't, that isn't necessarily bad, which I think is also an aspect. But so gaslighting is basically when someone tries to, in in the best words, like change your memory of a certain situation or make you feel like you're crazy and try and tell you that what you know to be truth isn't the reality of what actually happened. And so that's what happened with this last ex. He called me two days ago and randomly just, he had texted me back in like January when I was still with, my um, ex that I broke up with. Um, But he had texted me this like long paragraph, didn't say who it was. And it was off like a random number. And it was like one of those texts that was so long that you literally had to like click it to- And open it up. I could literally show it right now. Hang on, (laughs) I'm gonna show you that I have to like click on it to read it. But he had sent me this text back in January that was basically just saying like, you don't know who this is, but like, I'm sure once I get into it that like, you'll know. And, um, I don't know. So one of these texts, I don't know which camera to show where you have to literally click on it. It's a novel to read it. This was the text message I got. I so. always feel like I have to brace myself unless that's a message from my best friend. I feel like I have to brace myself every time Bro. a message comes through like that. Bro, I was like, Oh my God. And in this text message, he says that he has a girlfriend and I'm like, well then why are you sending me texts so long that I have to click on in order to read them? 
if you have a girlfriend. And then he's like, I promise I didn't cheat on you. I'm like, okay. So it's like this whole thing, whatever. So he calls me and I basically had responded to that text message being like, I don't want to speak to you. Don't reach out to me again. I'm like, if you think that like you didn't, he's basically saying that he didn't try to kill me. And I have like recordings of this last phone call that he just called me two days ago where he was like, I remember grabbing you, but I don't remember where I grabbed you. And I was like, it was around my neck. And he's like, I wouldn't have done that to someone that I love. He's like, I loved you then. I love you now. And I'll love you forever. And it's like this whole thing. And he just is so like, he was like, I promise you, I didn't do that. And I was like, sir, that's because for you, it was a Tuesday. And for me, it was like fucking traumatic. I'm like, you can't just sit here. I'm like, I know the exact parking lot. I remember the exact words that were said in this conversation. I remember why you did it. And so it was just like, he's trying, he's like, I promise that didn't happen. And I'm like, I know for a fact that it did. So I told him, I was like, you're not going to sit here and tell me that it didn't happen. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you try and manipulate me again. I was like, I'm no longer that 18 year old girl that hadn't like dealt with her emotions. And he was like, well, you were just so emotionally unstable. And like, you didn't really know what was going on. I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and like, listen to you tell me this shit because I know what happened within myself and you can sit here all day and tell me that it didn't happen, but I know that it did. So what you're saying right now is useless. And then he was like, well, I couldn't imagine myself doing that. And I'm like, okay. I was like, then you're this still kind of dancing points. around everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's so frightening about being in a situation with somebody who can gaslight you like that. Because when you're in it, like you're, let's say you're old, 18 year old, 18 year old self, mm-hmm. or my younger self who was in a relationship who yeah. experienced this as well. You're so kind of, you're easily molded and manipulated at the time because you've gotten broken down so much that Mm -hmm. you don't know who you are anymore. And this is the part that I had to understand because like you said, you have to take some accountability for staying in relationships too long when you know they're not good for you. But at the same time, you can't control someone who is a gaslighter and who is going to try and mentally manipulate, oh my God, that's so hard (laughs) to say, mentally manipulate you because that is something completely separate. And unfortunately, when you are in these situations for so long, your brain does so many fucked up things by hearing these words over and over again Mm -hmm. with someone trying to twist your reality. It starts making you feel like maybe that didn't happen. Maybe I was wrong. It's literally mind control. It's mind control. It's brainwashing. It's Mm -hmm. literally like the same kinds of tactics that people use in like cult mind control is typically gaslighting that's mm-hmm. that's what it is not to say that everyone's ex who was a narcissist who gaslit you is in yeah. a cult it's not yeah. what i'm saying before you guys try and cancel me <laughs> um, but if you've, if you've never experienced it you won't understand it completely and it and it kind of sounds like like i've explained it to some of my friends who have never gone through it and they're like what do you mean you didn't see the signs or you you couldn't see that in the moment because mm-hmm. i'm explaining explaining it and i'm like trust me you don't see it until you're outside of it because it's so it slides right under the radar and it's usually um, kind of like sandwiched with statements like you are too emotionally unstable. Mm -hmm. You must not remember. Which I knew I was emotionally unstable too. So that's why I was like, okay, maybe it is me. Maybe I really am crazy because that's what I've been told by doctors my whole life. Mm -hmm. So it's like just stuff like that. Yeah, it does. It does a bunch of things on you. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty emotionally sensitive person too. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm overreacting Mm -hmm. and okay, maybe I am crazy. Like you're screaming at me. I shouldn't, maybe, maybe I need to stop. So it just, it just does a lot of things to you. And if you are anywhere 
unaligned with your sense of self, yeah. you will easily get swooped into this yeah. stuff. Because and the good is so good most of the time. Yeah. Like, because they make it so that the bad is really bad, but then, like, they'll turn around and be like, it was all my fault. Like, I'm so sorry I did this to you. And they say all the right things to get you back. And this ex was actually a psychopath. I'm talking, he would do... So he would like do little things and, it, and I didn't leave until it was like to the point where I thought I was going to die, which is too fucking late, which is why I want to start going to like middle schools, high schools mm -hmm. and start talking to girls about like early. These are the abuse patterns that happen because they're not going to come out right off the bat and hit you. Like that's not how it happens. It's always like, okay, they'll start with like getting upset about like little things that shouldn't matter. And then they see how far they can, they can push it with you. And then they'll start yelling and then they'll see if they can do that. And if you'll stay. And then it's like, then they start going and going and it just gets to the point where eventually you could potentially die from this person. And then that's when, that's when I was like, okay, maybe I should leave. But it wasn't when he was like screaming in my face. It wasn't when he was driving crazy with me in the car. It wasn't when he was doing all of these things that should have been red flags to me, but also I was 18 naive and I didn't, I had daddy issues. I was mentally unstable. It's like, I was, freshly out of my like suicidal phase it's like you i were was very vulnerable yeah like i was just easy easily manipulated and i was kind of looking for anyone that told me that i was pretty that day like that was kind of where i was at and so he had like done all of these things and he would fuck up and then he would come to my house drop off all my favorite candy he would hand me his credit card and say go to the mall and don't spend more than four grand like he would do all of these things and then i was like okay so I had always taken back. And this one time he was, I, he had done all this and he was like, Kate, come outside and talk to me. And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to come out and talk to you. Take your snacks, get in your car and leave. Like, I don't want to talk to you. And he was like, okay, you're going to regret that. And I was like, okay. That night his friend calls me and he's like, yo, this dude is missing. I'm, I'm not going to say his name because I should, but I'm not going to, <laughs> but I'm like, this dude's missing. Like you need to, like, we need to go find him. We're out searching for him for hours his car is missing. The next morning, we find him. He has no shirt, no shoes, no phone. His car is missing. He's in the middle of a river, like, doesn't have anything. He thinks it's the year 2011, and it was 2018, and we were like, he's like, I don't remember my businesses, and he, like, doesn't have anything. We're like, okay, well, we need to take you to the hospital if you think it's the year 2011. He's, like, refusing to go. He makes his mom drive up, like, three and a half hours to come see him, and he was like, He's like, I don't want to go to the hospital. We finally make him at the hospital. Nothing is wrong with him. Nothing is wrong with his brain. So he has to go down like three hours away to like this, basically go through like a rehab thing where he's like trying to get his memory back. And the second that I agreed to get back together with him, his memory came back. Like, uh, and oh my God, I was just a dumb little 18 year old. And then he like did all this stuff and it got to the point where on New Year's he had... Um, I was at a party with some of my friends. I walked in and saw the guy that had like, I don't know how to say this, but like essayed me when I was like 16, had an extreme panic attack. My phone was almost dead and I had called him and in Utah, it's like two degrees outside and it was new year's. So you can imagine the outfit I was wearing. <laughs> and so I like walk out and he, I called him and I was like, I'm in the middle of a panic attack. Like I need to go. I was like, he was eight minutes away. So I was like, can you either come pick me up or should I Uber? I was like, but my phone's almost dead. So I need to know now. And he was like, I can come grab you. 
And so it takes him 40 minutes to come grab me. And I was like, I should just order an Uber. So I was like a little frustrated and in the middle of a panic attack, cold, when I got in the car. So I get in the car and I was like, I, I was like, why did it take you this long? I was like, I could have just Ubered. Like, I don't know. So it was just really bad. He starts like screaming at me and he's like, well, I came and picked you up and whatever. And I was like, okay. We were like, we're driving, and I was basically explaining to him what this guy did to me, and it specifically had to do with my neck, like, specifically, and so, of course, he gets upset, he pulls into a parking lot near my house, and I was like, I'm getting out of the car, I tried to get out of the car, and he, like, grabbed me by my neck, and, like, slammed me up against the thing, and then... I had, um, he grabbed my phone because previously I had, I thought I was going to die in the car with him. And so I had recorded him screaming at me because I was like, wanted my mom to know how I died if I did. And so he was like, are you recording me again? Because he had found out about it. He's like, are you recording me again? I'm going to break your phone. And I was like, cool, break it. And so I tried to get out of the car again, grabbed me by my neck, slammed me up against the seat and like literally just started going off. I thought he was going to kill me. And so he's saying that all of this didn't happen. And I was like, I can tell you word for word what happened. Like, I know exactly what happened. And I'm not going to sit here and try and convince you of what you did. Like, I'm just not going to. And so he's sitting here telling me that all this shit didn't happen. And so I'm like, you can't tell me that, like, that was one of the most traumatic things in my life and that I'm remembering it wrong. Like, that's just not, I don't know. So that is the story of him and (laughs) why he just, so he makes me literally sick. He called me, I heard his voice for the first time in four years, and I literally got physically sick to the point where I threw up. Like, Why do you think they circle back? I think it's just because he couldn't... I was easily to manipulate, and now I'm not. And so it's almost like he lost me, and like that's not okay with him. Yeah. But I don't know exactly what his motive is, but he's like, I'm coming to Vegas, and I'm going to try and see you. And I was like, nope. I think personally that people who are like this like to know that they still have control over people and I noticed a pattern of that with my ex Mm -hmm. because every time I would embarrassingly this shit's so embarrassing and I only bring this up and like to talk about it now because I want people to see that like this happens Mm -hmm. to people who Personally, I never thought I would ever go through something like this, ever. And it's embarrassing, it's toxic, it's ridiculous. I can't believe it. But the amount of times that like I saw stuff happen and that I kind of turned an eye or kind of turned a cheek at it because I was like, maybe it's not what I think because I was so fucked up is embarrassing. But it's okay because we we learn. We learn, we grow, we move on, we don't do it again. But when little things like that are happening, you need to pay attention. And I would notice that there was like a harem of women that mm-hmm. my ex kept in contact with for fucking random reasons. He'd hit them up randomly to see how they were doing or to like bring up a situation that like went on in their past. And I always wondered like, why? Like, why, why do you, you need to out? reach out to this person who you used to fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, there's really Literally. no reason you're engaged kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd get, oh, well, I can't have girlfriends kind of thing. And it's like, no, you can have friends. No one's ever told you not to have friends, yeah. but you can't be sneaking around behind my back. And you're pushing boundaries of what friends means. Right. And the amount of conversations I've had with women after the fact confirmed it for me. And many people who had reached out to me even during to tell me, 
hey, your ex still reaches out to me and a few of my friends who has all slept with him. And I just want you to know for your own good, I'm not trying to wreck your Mm -hmm. relationship. But when he goes out of town or when you go out of town, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. But it was so hard for me to wrap my head around that because I couldn't imagine my fiance doing this shit to me. And especially because of like what she went through, the love bombing, this and that. Yeah. Oh, let me take you to this nice restaurant or buy you a Louis bag. Mm-hmm. Same fucking weekend you cheated on me that I didn't know about. Like there's, yeah. there's, there was always like an incentive to it. And it made you think like, oh, maybe they're getting better. Or for me, it was like it was quality time and really good things that I was craving in my relationship. So we'd book a trip. We'd go to the mountains. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, maybe he wants to spend more quality time with me. Maybe our relationship is turning around. And I know this probably sounds so silly to the half of the people listening. But when you're that deep in it, you don't see it like how we're talking about it now. You're you're sick. Honestly, it it is a sick place you get into your head that it's very hard to heal from when you're in the environment that's actually making you sick. Mm-hmm. And the person that you want to make you feel better is the person that's making you feel that way. And I think it's really hard to accept the fact that people aren't, don't always love you the way that you love them. Yeah. And so it's never going, you never truly know how another human being feels. You will never truly know. They can put up a good front. They can tell you everything in the book that you want to hear. But in the end, you will never truly know how they're feeling. And the only way that you'll see that is by their actions. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to decipher what you can't see because you're not around another person 24-7. So it's like you just have to have trust in that person that they're not going to fuck fuck up. And you can't always expect that from another person. Yeah, and I think also one of the hardest things is taking that accountability as the other person too because as much as I could see that there was so much going on in my own relationship, as I'm sure you did, mm-hmm. you stayed. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why you stayed. And, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like pieces of that to unpack that could be from mental health issues, childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. um, people pleasing, you know, being an empath abandonment. There's the list can go on and on and there's nothing wrong with anybody who's experiencing that kind of thing who gets stuck in a toxic relationship. But you also, in order to heal, you have to take yourself out of the victim mindset. And that's what I didn't understand personally, Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh my God, all this stuff is happening to me. What Mm -hmm. do I do? And I was so stuck I couldn't leave, but it wasn't until I didn't want to be the victim anymore that I was able to do the inner work. So I stopped, Mm -hmm. stopped the pattern because the cycle will continue. You'll still date these kinds of people. You'll still wind up in the same situations until you can do the work to heal yourself. And there's a lot of girls who are like, where do I start? Like, how do I, how do I heal myself? The same thing will happen until you learn the lesson. It'll always continue and cycle through until you finally wanted to get out of the victim mentality because the victim mentality will kill you. It will kill you. Well, here's the thing too, is there's a lot of girls who will say, well, I'm not the victim. Mm -hmm. Like I was the one who was cheated on. I was the one that was abused. I was the one that was hit and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. Like no one is trying to diminish what you went through. But until you say, okay, no more, I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the strong one in my story now and recreate it. That's when the power switches. And that's when you get strong enough to start going no contact, Mm -hmm. to start ignoring the phone calls, to start understanding that you don't need to do anything with this past situation anymore. And you're in control of making your life better. Yeah. And I've always talked about how like the best way to get out of the victim mentality is no matter what has happened to you. Find a way to make it your fault. Just find a simple way. And like one of the things that I 
for example, I had like gotten into it with my friend a little bit like a couple weeks ago. And I thought that I had handled the situation the best of my abilities. And there was just no switching what it was. And um, I found a way to make it my fault. And I was like, why do I let people treat me like shit? Why do I think it's okay for people to talk down to me like this and me for to just not say anything? And that's not you putting yourself down. No, That's accountability. Yeah, it's just taking responsibility from mm-hmm. my part that I had. Because if I'm involved in something, I have a part to play in it. And you can find situations where you're like, well, how... how can I make this my fault? Like someone died. That's a part of my life, but it's like, okay, but you, you chose to be a part of their life and that's unfortunate. And that's like, just find a way to make it so that you had a part to play in it because people always want to find a way to make other people the villains and that things just happen to them and that they just live a shitty life. And then that's what you're creating for yourself is a shitty life. But if you can find a way to make things your fault or make a, make it so that you at least identify your part. Yes, because if you know what's wrong, you can fix it. You have the power to fix it. If everything bad is just happening to you, there's no fixing that. And that's what playing the victim is, because mm-hmm. I think people can hear playing the victim and it sounds a little passive. Yeah. But you just identifying your place where mm-hmm. is is kind of is where you're taking yourself out of the victim mentality and putting yeah. yourself more in the driver's seat of control. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it kind of sounds like whatever I used to hear, you're playing the victim. I'd get really def- I'd get yeah. really defensive because yep. I'm like that sounds so shitty. That yeah. sounds like such, I'm I'm not being a little bitch about this. I mm-hmm. am the victim. Yeah, but these and things did happen. To they me. did happen to me, and yes, they did. But I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do to fix it? Yeah, because you're in control. And I was like wait a second, like I never really looked at it like that for a long time. It took a lot of help. It took, it took some therapy sessions for me. It took some really good friends to pull me out of it. And I was like, man, I actually have control to take myself out of the victim place in this story and turn it around and understand that. Yes. You know what? These things didn't have to happen as long as they did. Yep. I chose to stay. I chose to stay. And that was my place Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to beat myself up for that anymore but what can I do now to not let it happen again what are the warning signs that I could see next time that are going to make it so that I don't stay as long or that I am not willing to put up with this shit for or when I start seeing different things I can recognize now that like oh that's something that this person did that then led to this and I don't want to get to this place so I'm going to cut it off early yeah and address those things yeah and it's just about becoming strong enough to be able to do the actual walking away part which I feel like is hard it's easy to recognize when you're being treated like shit but it's hard to do something about it sometimes and I think that that's where a lot of women especially get stuck is because we are driven by emotions and we love to give people the benefit of the doubt even if we're being treated like shit and sometimes it's not what is best for us and it leads us to really bad places so it yeah I don't know I I that's yeah. All. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Oh, I think what's what's really important too is to even take it out of the relationship aspect of it. But when you wind up in situations like this with friends, family, coworkers, and relationships, yeah. it does something to you as an individual that has a negative effect on the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's not even about the relationship. Like me knowing like I came from a an abandonment place in my life too. I was always really driven towards relationships because it made me feel good. Mhm. But what I realized is being so driven towards relationships and being so fixated on finding someone to complete me, I wasn't completing myself and I wasn't allowing myself to develop into the individual that I needed to be to show up for another person. And of course, at a young age, you might not think like this. Like Mm -hmm. that's 
understandable. I'm 34 years old now and I'm just realizing this shit mm -hmm. in the last probably four years of my life. So yeah. it takes time, but allowing yourself to stay in toxic situations has a developmental, winds up having developmental problems with your psyche, with you as a person, with your self-worth, with your sense of self, with all of that. And you wind up fixating so much on these terrible things that you forget to fill up your own cup and figure out who you are as a person. Because I guarantee you the person who knows who they are, they don't wind up in situations like this as much. Yeah. And it's because they've done the work, whether that was they started doing the work because they were just a very enlightened individual and just mm -hmm. did this already. Or they wound up in a shitty situation like you and I were. Yeah. And it forced them to wake the fuck up. And pull themselves out. Yeah. And do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's like one of the the hardest things is just coming to terms with like that you can be placed in. And realizing that some people have situations that may be better. And no one. And like you know someone who's never been through an abusive relationship. So they can't relate to you. And like realizing that. People need to be loved in a different way sometimes. And sometimes, like, for everyone, it's different. And trying to navigate how you need to be loved, you have to have that self-love first. Because you can't teach someone else how to love you the way that you need to be loved if you don't know how to do it yourself. And so I think that that's why right now, especially, I'm in, like, a really transitional period of my life where I just want to be alone. Like, I just want to truly understand myself and gain that life experience so that later on I fully know how someone should love me and how I love me and that if people aren't willing to meet even what I can do for myself then what is the point in you being in my life like so that I never have to go through that shit again and that I'm being very picky with the people that are in my life and how people treat me and that I speak up when I'm not being treated well and that I'm removing people from my life if they're not suiting me in any sort of way I just I I have no want for being in pain anymore I just don't and so I've I'm weeding out the people that are not good and I'm weeding out situations that don't suit me and just really trying to learn what it is. And I think that that's something that a lot of people need to do and or are not willing to do is sacrifice that. So people all the time want to say like, I just want to be happy. I want I, I want to feel better and I'm, all, I'm depressed all the time and I don't feel good. And I'm like, well, what are you sacrificing to get that? Because it has a price. I will tell you that. Like, I had to sacrifice my relationship with my dad. I had to sacrifice all my fucking friends, the place where I was living, relationships. I had to sacrifice so much shit to make myself happy. And so, because I could go work a basic nine to five and make a ton of money, but I was willing to sacrifice consistent money and reliable income to live a life that makes me happy. Luckily, it paid off, but it was because I put in the work to do it. And so it's like, what are you willing to sacrifice to get the life that you want? And same things with relationships. If you really want the relationship of your dreams and you want the person that's going to treat you exactly how you want to be treated and love you the way you want to be loved, you might have to sacrifice being alone for a while. Or letting go of a person and, yeah, that and is that's, treating you bad. I think that's what's hard for people who wind up in these situations because we don't like being alone. Mm -hmm. Or I never used to. The unhealed version of Christina had a really hard time being alone. Yeah. And I recognize that now because before I met my current boyfriend, I was just in your position. I, I didn't want to be with anybody. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to sit with myself. I needed to understand it. I needed to understand what I went through. And I even have clients who are so uncomfortable in that phase. But I'm like, please just sit in it mm -hmm. longer. I promise you, you will love yourself so much yeah. more afterwards because you are going to understand what a beautiful person you are and exactly what you want out of life, out of relationships, out of friendships. And yeah. you'll get into a position where you won't 
sacrifice yourself ever yeah. again. Yeah. And it's not something it's not coming from a place of not wanting to be hurt again. And I <laughs> don't trust anyone and I don't want to do it. Because but it's that's coming, not good. That's no, not good. It's not. And that's the victim mentality. Talking, yes. Is because all the shitty like all these shitty things have happened to me. And it's not coming from a place of that. It's coming from a place of I genuinely like my company and I want to get to know myself so that I'm better for the next person so that I'm I'm well grounded within myself that I know that I could leave you at any moment. But and I choose be to okay. stay with you. Yeah. And it's just like it's that security for me it's like insurance and that is healing from codependency Mm -hmm. that literally is and that's it's so beautiful to hear it like spoken so eloquently because yes it's not as like easily said than done Mm -hmm. but you even like talking to you now and when I talked to you six months ago Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm talking to a different person and like not in a bad way because I love the person you were then you were strong then after everything you've been through but you can recognize somebody in their different stages of healing. Yeah. It's it's really cool to see and it's it's very admirable because I know what an uncomfortable thing it can be to like go through the phases. But yeah. it's like it's so empowering on the other side if yeah. you can actually do the work for yourself. Yeah. Well, and I literally started a brand new life since the last time we talked. I'm talking <laughs> moved out of state. I like made all new friends. I like am having a different type of responsibility where I'm completely on my own. Like if I can't pay rent, like I it's on am you. homeless and I got to figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> there's so much growth that has just happened over like the last six months. And that's what I wanted. That's what I moved here for. And so I can't be mad sometimes when I get placed in uncomfortable situations because I asked for growth moving here. And I asked for growth in this phase in my life because I have nothing that I'm tied to. Like I don't have a boyfriend that I'm tied to. I don't have a house that I'm tied to. I'm not tied to a job. I'm completely free right now. And so I wanted to live at least my twenties or part of my twenties, just being a dumb idiot and experiencing life and doing things that make me happy and being selfish because I haven't been for a long time. It was always other people. I always had either a boyfriend or family or whatever that I needed to take care of. And so now it's like I'm finally doing shit that is like 100% for me. And so it's been really nice being able to have that and become a different type of adult kind of in Mm -hmm. a way. So it's just a full life transformation that I've been doing. So that's really awesome. And if you ask for if you ask for growth, you have to get ready for the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like shit that comes with it. Yep. So what's next for your business, your journey? Like what, what do you have lined up? Are you just kind of going with it right now? I don't know. I have a few events that I'm speaking at, which is really cool. Cause I'm like now getting more into like the actual public speaking side of motivation rather than just on TikTok. Um, I just hit 2 million followers. It took Congrats. Me, thank you. It mm. took me a year and a half to go from, <laughs> thank you, George. <laughs> it has taken me like a year and a half to like finally reach that. Cause when I got in my last relationship, I stayed at 1.9 the whole time in that relationship because it was just like, I didn't, it was just really bad. And so I was like, I gotta do something. And so I finally hit 2 million. We did it. And then I don't know my business. I'm like, I can't stay in stock. It's it's a very good problem to have, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it just literally will just sell out super fast. And then just, I want to start doing more traveling. Me and George were actually talking about this before the podcast. He's like, you are the type of person that needs to travel. And I'm like, yeah. I know. So yeah, you remind me a lot of my sister and that's been her path right now too. She's like on the cusp of being fully nomadic. And mm-hmm. I'm so proud of her because she also took herself out of the uncomfortable situations and is taking a risk for herself. And I've never seen her so happy. Yeah. She's so like in transition, which to some people could seem like unstable as far as like having like 
the salary yeah. in, a, in a way. She's not unstable as a person, but like in transition between like quitting her corporate six figure nine to five and being like, I want to travel the world yeah. and be nomadic and find a job where I can work from anywhere. But she's taking the risk and I've never seen her. And even she said it, she's like, I didn't realize how depressed I was. Yeah. And it's that's just crazy. like work related, but I, she just is lit up now. Yeah, it's the same as like being in an abusive relationship. Like you don't know how bad it is until you're like finally doing things that make you happy. It's like you just have to. And sometimes the uncomfortability and not knowing what you're going to do that day is like exciting. It like almost is the point of life to like experience that feeling of not knowing. Yeah, I found myself waking up the mor the mornings after I had finally like moved out and started over because that was the first time I had ever lived alone. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I, yes, I'd been responsible for my own stuff for quite some time and I've been working for myself for quite some time, but this was different. This yeah. was really different. And I would wake up every day and I was really excited for like life. Yeah. I was excited for the opportunity that could happen, the experiences that could happen. It was almost like the unknown. I think I was listening to a Joe Dispenza podcast once and he was talking about how like when you're a kid, you're so open to experience because like you're fresh, you're new, yeah. you're vulnerable. You're not scared of anything. You're not scared of anything. You're not thinking about all the terrible things that are going on in the world and what could happen to you because mm -hmm. yes, this world's a scary place, but like you, you still have like your space within yourself to like, to focus on. Be adventurous. To be adventurous, yeah. be open to possibility. And mm -hmm. that open to possibility is the path to just like enlightenment. I feel like, like yeah. to really seeing what's capable, what's possible out there because there's so much that is, but if you cut yourself off and just think that like there is a hard brick wall in front of you and that you can't do anything and that that'll this never is, be me, that'll never be me. I'll never be happy. I'll never have the good relationship. I'll never have the job. I'll never be independent. You won't. And you're creating that for yourself. Yeah. And so if you can start curating that like different mindset for yourself in all areas, you'll be so surprised what flows in the person that you turn into. Well, and just the words that you say to yourself. Oh like, my gosh, your inner so dialogue's powerful. And... That's why I literally have this tattoo that says I am because I'm like, the words that you speak to yourself and the, anything after the words I am is the most powerful thing that you can say. And I didn't believe in this until like I started doing it and I was like, man, this is dumb. And then I started doing it and I saw a major difference. I'm talking lost 20 pounds because of this, didn't change my eating or workouts or anything and lost 20 pounds just like by, cause I was so negative to myself. Like I was always like, you're depressed, you're a mess. Like you need to be medicated. You're like You're, you're literally labeling yourself. Mm-hmm you are telling people what you are and then yeah. you wonder why people don't want to be around you. And it's because that is the energy that you put out to people. You've stamped it on your forehead mm -hmm. pretty much. Yep. And so it's just crazy. So being nice to yourself is like one of my biggest tips that I yeah. tell people. I'm like, if you say it out loud, that is what your life is. Like that's what you're making for yourself. So yeah. you need to be very careful about the words that you use, even in sentences as like saying, just using negative words. So it's like, Oh, I I don't even have an example off the top of my head. My brain doesn't work that fast. But like, just don't use negative terms about yourself. I would do that with the podcast, for mm -hmm. instance. I can be like, I'm not a good speaker. Yeah. So I'm like, why are you, what, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Why are you already doing that to yourself? Yeah. Like I actually, and I still know I have so much room to grow, but see, that's a positive statement versus yeah. being like, I'm not great at this. Yeah. Like, no, you're growing. Or I'm working on getting better. I'm working on it. getting better. I'm already, I'm already getting better. You have to start stamping the approval for yourself on you that you are the person that you want to be before it happens. Yeah. And I know that sounds a little cheesy, but it's the truth. You have to start speaking those positive, affirma ugh, positive affirmations to yourself yeah. and start creating it for yourself. And you can grow into that person. Mm -hmm. You don't have to imagine it being as someone that you'll never 
like level up to because yeah. you already are that person, yeah. but you need to claim it. And that's what I, I've made a video about this too, actually, is like I have said to imagine your perfect self next to you, standing right next to you. What are they wearing? How do they speak? Do they make eye contact? What are characteristics about them that makes them your your ideal self that you would want to be? And literally just become that person. Talk like that person. Have the same mindset as that person. Dress like that person. Posture. Like, make your bed in the morning. Read 10 pages a day. Like, speak nicely to yourself. How does that person carry themselves? Just literally become that. Because even if you couldn't imagine yourself as this person you want to become into if somebody was like ali who do you want to be like and you're like okay i'm going to think of the person that i want to be like let's just say it's some other speaker that you love mm -hmm. you're already imagining you wanting to be like someone else why not imagine yourself as that person mm -hmm. already yep. and even a better version of that because it's you yeah or what kind of characteristics do they have that makes them great and why do i like them so much why do they why do i resonate with this person and literally just start doing little things a day you don't have to take huge steps to do this like you can take the baby steps of being like i'm going to say 10 nice things to myself in the mirror today or i'm going to make my bed or i'm going to eat more than once a day or i'm going to eat not seven meals a day it's just like you can take the baby steps to do these things and really better your life or spend 10 minutes watching a youtube video on how to build a business like that's, I tell people that all the time. It's like, I'm a high school dropout. I dropped out at 16 and I literally learned how to run my businesses off of YouTube videos. And I just was doing that because I wanted to build a life for myself. I didn't ever want to work a nine to five. And so I started running full blown businesses at 17 and people were always wondering like how I started doing this. And I'm like, cause I put the effort into spending 10 minutes a day on it. And like, yeah. I, you're proactive. Yeah. It's just, it's just about doing the little things that are going to end up being big things. And a lot of people aren't willing to put down 10 minutes to do that. And so it's, and that's, what's to wild to too, is everyone does have the time for mm -hmm. something like that. That's what's crazy. You have the time mm -hmm. to like turn off that TV show that you spend an hour watching every single day yep. and devote it back to something else. Or just scrolling on TikTok. TikTok. There are so many so many hours in the day that people just sit and scroll on TikTok, which I love because if you're watching my videos, then thank you. But also <laughs> give but, yourself a timer. That's yes. always that's always helpful because <laughs> yes. you can get really I mean, you can go down the rabbit hole and get really sucked into. That's my problem is because yeah. I'll start looking for inspiration or I'll start getting sucked into someone's videos and, I'm, and then I'm there forever. Mm -hmm. But if you can find whatever your vice is, like let's say TikTok is taking too much of your time, put yourself on a timer. For me, mine was scrolling my phone in the morning. So I try my absolute best. It's not happen every morning, but I try my best to not be on my phone. I don't turn on my TV. I put on um, School of Greatness on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a great podcast series. And yep. I put it on the background, even if I'm not listening to it and watching it directly, it's playing in the background. Mm -hmm. It made the biggest fucking difference in my does. mornings. And it does because the things that you watch and you put into your brain and you're feeding your brain are so important. That's why like if you scroll on my Instagram feed, the only thing you see is like motivational quotes, motivational speakers, because I surround myself with that. I bought a $19 app that like tells me positive affirmations every day. I surround my whole life with like positive shit because you have to. It's proximity so is power with whatever it is. People who are going to influence you, words that are going to influence you, TV shows, friends, everything. Like mm -hmm. what you literally have in your day-to-day, -day, what you're seeing. This thing, you're looking at your phone mm -hmm. so much during the day. If you have any bit of toxic shit on here, my yeah. God, turn oh, my flashlight. flashlight on. Well, <laughs> and I had seen this video about this guy and it like kind of went viral. And it 
changed my perspective on TikTok because TikTok is really the only platform that it's not healthy for the human brain to switch emotions like we do when we're scrolling on TikTok because you go from a military coming home video where you're sitting there crying to a dog playing with a toy to like a motivational thing to someone crying in their car because they're having a shitty you're not supposed to fluctuate like that with your emotions like the human brain shouldn't be doing that and that's what happens in toxic relationships literally <laughs> literally. literally the highs and the lows and so you're just setting yourself up for it whether you think that you are or not you are not supposed to fluctuate like that it's and then you wonder why you're emotionally unstable so yeah. just make or sure why that you're flustered after just being on your phone for 10 minutes <laughs> exactly so that's why i always say like the things that you are watching on social media are so important. I you don't pay follow attention. like Instagram models. I'm unless they're my friend, I don't really follow them. I don't want to see it. I don't want to like compare myself because that's something that I had a big problem with for a long time until I like really gained the confidence within who I was as a person um, that I was just like, I can't sit here and watch other people live a dream life that I wish that I was living. And now I'm like, I don't even wish I was dream living that life. Because you know the reality. Yeah. That's the thing. And if you, if any of you are struggling with this, one of the best things I ever did for myself when I was in that position was, and it was after I finished the podcast, I went through my following list and I audited it, audited it. Mm -hmm. I went through who I was following and I unfollowed any page that did not make me feel better about myself. Yep. Wasn't like a business page that was encouraging me to do better. Wasn't health or fitness related. Something that I was actually gaining something positive from. Yeah. You're gone. Mm -hmm. No offense, but you're gone. There's no reason for me to do that. Yep. And I'm on social media a lot. That's just the way it is. And if you are too, if you're scrolling, like you said, make sure what you're following is contributing to your better, like yeah. your best self. Yeah. Because if you want to get better, you have to sacrifice the things that aren't going to make Another you Another sacrifice. Yeah. Yep. I really loved our talk today and I really appreciate yes. that. I am so happy everything's going this direction for you. I and know. I cannot wait to continue to see you grow and thrive out here. And um, thanks for taking the time to come back. Of course. If, I love talking to you. Yeah. If, if you guys have not, if this is your first time meeting Allie, I highly encourage you to go follow her on TikTok, on Instagram. And if you have ever any questions for us, both of our DMs are open. I think I can speak mm -hmm. for both of us on that. Yeah. And go check out our previous episode. Um, it was a good one. And until next time, have a great day. We'll see you next time.